0: Hello there, this is Series 16 of Satisfied. The Series 16 podcast enhanced the Seek the Treasure Bible Study, covering the book of Ephesians in the New Testament. I'm Melanie Newton, just an everyday kind of woman who loves the Lord and His Word. In the last podcast, we looked at the treasure we have in being part of God's church. Today's podcast will cover Lesson 6 of the Seek the Treasure Bible Study, we will look at the treasure of God's empowering presence in our lives. I know a young man who is verbally gifted, very creative, and has a minister's servant heart. But he's been afflicted with a disease that affects his inner ears, leaving him dizzy and off balance. For many days of his life, he can't drive or even walk straight. He can't function as he should. Several years ago, he tried a new treatment that increased blood flow to his brain and inner ears. Within a few weeks, he had less dizziness. He could walk and think straight. The power of that treatment helped him to live successfully as God designed him to do. That's what God's Holy Spirit does for us. His power works within us so that we can function as God designed us to be. We can get out of the stupor of worldly thinking, cravings, and habits. Instead, we have clear thinking. We learn how to approach life God's way. We learned from Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter 3 that the Holy Spirit strengthens your inner self with God's almighty power, a power greater than any other power anywhere. God's mighty power is at work within you to do the work God wants done in your life. Paul spent the next two and a half chapters in this letter describing God's mighty power working within us to change us from the inside out so that our lives reflect our new identity in Christ and bring glory to the God who gifted us with His grace to live a life worthy of our God. God's Holy Spirit in your inner being does this. And God's spiritual power is greater than anything we can try on our own. It's available to every believer and it flows from the person of the Holy Spirit. God's empowering presence is our power source for successful living. Paul describes successful living in Ephesians chapters 4, 5, and 6. We'll cover this in three parts. Lesson 6 covered what it means to live by God's Spirit rather than by what your own flesh desires. Lesson 7 will cover godliness as a fruit of living by the Spirit and Lesson 8 will cover the victory we have through living by the Spirit. Our calling is to be like Christ, so the Holy Spirit fills you with Himself and transforms you from the inside out so that your character begins to look more like that of Jesus, and your lifestyle glorifies God more than yourself. To be like Christ means that you approach life God's way, yet There is a substitute way for approaching life. You saw that substitute way in Ephesians 2. The Bible calls it living by the flesh. Ready to find out what living by the flesh is and how to avoid it? The flesh is the personality of a human controlled by sin and directed to selfish pursuits rather than the service of God. When you were saved, your spirit was given new life but you are still living in the old body with your original personality. Your mind, emotions, and will are part of that original personality and are still influenced by that sinful nature. We may not know what it is exactly and where to find it, but we definitely know how the flesh works. It sends messages to the mind that are in conflict with the spirit. Sadly, The flesh does not improve over time or change its nature as long as we are in our bodies. The flesh doesn't become more godly. It's not less able to be tempted. Christians who believe that are prime targets for failure because they tend to play with fire and let down their guard against temptation. The flesh gets a lot of help from the world, which is influenced heavily by Satan. Flesh power is strong. It always leads away from God's way of approaching life to your own way or the world's way. The result is always ugly. In Ephesians chapter 2, we learned that unbelievers live by the flesh, doing what the flesh directs them to do, gratifying its cravings and following its desires and thoughts. Following the ways of this world also fits living by the flesh. Paul describes some of this ugliness in Ephesians chapter 4. Lying, stealing, holding on to anger, speaking hurtful words, harboring bitterness and unforgiveness, exhibiting rage and meanness in word and action. But he also gave us this great news. You as a Christian are not helpless against your flesh that is always trying to make you sin against God. God rescued you from being in bondage to sin by placing himself inside you. You don't have to live by the flesh. God's empowering presence living inside is greater than the substitute power of your flesh. Paul used the analogy of getting rid of old clothes and having a whole new wardrobe to wear. These new clothes are not made out of cloth or yarn, but are new clothes for our minds and behavior. A new way of thinking a new way of living, but we must make choices to put on those new clothes. Like old well-worn clothes, the old self doesn't improve over time, yet our choices can change over time as we learn to live by God's Spirit. So what does that look like? This new way of living is called living by the Spirit. Living by the Spirit begins with desiring God's way over your own way. It's lived out as you submit to God's Spirit to help you daily live out the life of Christ within you. For every situation you face, begin with this question, what does God want me to do versus what do I want or feel like doing? Living by Spirit power always leads to God's way of approaching life. But you need to know this, No believer can be a hundred percent living by the Spirit every day. It's not possible until we get new bodies. In fact, you'll probably be living by the Spirit in some aspects of your life while living by the flesh in others. I know I am. You will be transformed step by step as the Spirit reveals to you where you need to change your way of thinking or living. Over time, you will recognize that you are living by the Spirit in some areas of your life while living by the flesh in others. As you grow in your faith, Jesus will teach you to trust Him in new or unexplored areas of your life. The result is that you will be approaching life God's way more and more. So let's explore and learn how to live in God's power in new places. At the end of Ephesians chapter 3, Paul gave that fantastic declaration of God's immense power at work within us. He followed that with an appeal to live according to the new identity we have been given. Then Paul began to address thoughts and behavior. Where would you expect him to start? Sex, greed, idolatry, right? The big three. Instead he begins with this in verse two, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Overcoming the power of your flesh begins with humility and gentleness. Humility is a decision you make to recognize God's authority over you and desire what He wants more than what you want. You know that you've made that decision when you're willing to trust in God's goodness and accept His dealings with you as good without fighting Him on it. Gentleness carries the idea of strength under control. You and I have the strength in our flesh to crush the spirit of someone, to cuss out, to cheat, to lie, and to steal. But choosing to put that strength under the spirit's control instead is something only God's power can accomplish in us. And it's the outworking of humility. When you start with humility and gentleness, then you can be patient with people and situations because you're trusting God about them. You can lovingly bear with other believers because that's what God does as He bears with your mistakes and quirkiness. You can be one who unites more than divides in your local church community. This is not ignoring real issues that must be addressed. It's more along the lines of not being picky critical, and more interested in pleasing your own preferences rather than magnifying Christ. Living by spirit power will promote unity. Starting with the foundation of humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another, and keeping the unity of the spirit gives you the basis to deal with two of the most challenging situations we face in relationships anger and hurtful words both of these are substitute powers you and i both know that anger is a powerful force we also know that not all anger is bad because god expresses the emotion of anger and christ felt anger in his time on earth god's anger is directed against sin and the hurt that sin causes that's called righteous anger But remember that God also describes Himself as compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and truth. God's anger is always under control and He takes action when needed. God has given humans the emotion of anger. Its purpose is to alert us to something that requires appropriate action. So. What should you do for any situation that stirs anger in you? First, ask yourself this question, why am I angry? What appropriate action should I take? The problem for us is that rarely does our anger stay righteous like God's for very long before our sinful nature takes over. That's why we need to deal with it quickly and get rid of it. Sinful anger leads to broken relationships. The action to take is reconciliation. Anytime you give the devil a foothold in a relationship, you're giving way to a substitute for trusting God. Whenever you recognize unresolved anger, rage, and bitterness in yourself, you know you are living by the flesh rather than by the spirit. That is true not only about your angry behavior, but also the hurtful words that you say especially when you are angry or disappointed. Ephesians 4.29 said, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Think about what you say to those around you and how you respond to them. Ask yourself, what did I say that was building them up and beneficial to them? Or am I just blowing off steam in a mean way? Maybe you've fallen into a bad habit of mean words. Stop it! If a believer is mean to you, quote that verse, Ephesians 4.29, and say, wanna try that again? It's so easy to blame people or circumstances for our anger. Yes, what people do can stir up anger, but people and circumstances do not make you impatient. They don't make you hold on to bitterness. They don't make you fly into fits of rage. They don't make you speak hurtful words. Your reactions to people and circumstances usually reveal where you are living, by God's empowering presence or by your own flesh power. It's like pH paper in science reveals an acid or a base. Bitterness, rage, Anger, slander, and malice become substitutes for trusting God. The answer is to go back to what you need to do to live a life worthy of the Lord. As Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 4 verses 31 and 32, put off bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, and malice. Put on kindness, compassion, and forgiveness. In fact, you're called to be as forgiving as God. Only God's Spirit power can make you that forgiving. He will help you find scriptures that deal with that issue and will lead you back to trusting God with that situation and the results. But what if you don't want to change? What if you would rather live by the flesh in a few areas? Sadly, it is possible for believers to live by the flesh so that their lives look like those of unbelievers. Paul called the Corinthians worldly Christians because they were living by the flesh and the world. You know some people like that. Submitting to the flesh always leads away from God's way of approaching life to your own way or the world's way. Because of your faith in Christ, God's grace is continually forgiving you of sin, but you don't have permission to intentionally sin without consequences. Intentional sin does not fit with who you are as a forgiven Christian with a new life to enjoy. You can wear those old clothes, but they don't really fit any longer. You are free to choose to sin, to choose to wear some of those favorite old clothes, but you're not free to choose when or how the consequences of that sinful behavior will hurt you or will hurt those you love. Living passively towards Christ or pursuing a sinful lifestyle as a believer does not change your identity but it does change your usefulness to God and definitely the enjoyment of your spiritual blessing jewels in Christ. You will not be living successfully as a believer in Christ and definitely not worthy of your calling. The Holy Spirit is God's power source for successful living. You know you are living by spirit power when you step out in obedience to God's Word Depend on God's Spirit for the ability and power to do what He asks you to do and trust God with the results. The normal goal of human child rearing is to raise our children to become more independent over time. God's goal is to raise His children to become less independent over time and more dependent on Him. And He gives us everything we need to do this. Remember Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20? now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. God takes our rubbish and he turns it into treasure. He says, look what I can do in a human life. Do you want to live successfully? You can live successfully in the power already available to you through God's Spirit, who is greater than anything you could substitute for him. That's the treasure of God's empowering presence. Let Jesus satisfy your heart with the confidence that the treasure you have in him is more powerful and valuable than anything you could substitute for him. Until next time, I'm Melanie Newton, and this is series 16 of Satisfied.